Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. Matt Camp and I break down everything that's going to take place on Sunday for the second biggest show for the WWE SummerSlam, the big party of the summer. What match should be the main event? What match is going to steal the show? And what matches are we going to be talking about on our show on Monday? Top to bottom, what are you looking forward to on Sunday? Plus, we get into NXT TakeOver that's taking place on Saturday. And is NXT going to steal the weekend when it comes to the WWE? Also, Mark Henry and I will be live at the Rec Room in Toronto from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, just a stone's throw away from where SummerSlam is taking place. And if you can't be in Toronto, you can always listen to us right here on SiriusXM Fight Nation. That's all right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time you and I have ever done a show together. Yeah, I think I've done a couple of call-in spots and uh, maybe one spot in studio before uh, SummerSlam weekend a couple of years ago, but... This is the first time we'll be together for the entire show. Will we make it? What's the over-under? Do we, do we get through the three hours? Is it two and a half hours and then things just fall apart? Well, I'm a professional, Matt. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't speak for you, but, you know, uh, I, think I, I, think, I think we'll be okay. Okay. I th- well, actually, I know we're going to be okay. I'm actually looking forward to the show today. Now, when I first heard that you were filling in and my wife got me to come down off the roof of the house before I jumped, uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to give this a chance, and I do respect you, um, and I listen to you when I'm not here, and I'm looking forward to doing the three hours with you. I, I respect you too, Booker Man. Uh, it is good to be with you here for the next three hours. And it's good because we have SummerSlam weekend. There's excitement. People are in Toronto already. They're getting ready to head there. I know Mark Henry is hitchhiking. That's why he couldn't be with us today on his way up to Toronto from Texas. So you guys on Sunday will be fired up. It's going to be a good weekend. We got takeover coming up. People are getting ready for the G1 finals over the weekend. Uh, Who knows what will happen, but it, it seems like there's some buzz. But I just wonder, Dave, is there buzz over the weekend because it doesn't feel like there's a buzz about any one big match on SummerSlam right now. This does kind of feel like, to me, Matt, and tell me if I'm wrong, it's almost like it's a WrestleMania weekend in the fact that sometimes you're more excited about the things that are going on outside of WrestleMania than actually WrestleMania. In a lot of ways, and this, this, I'm sure this will change as we get closer to Sunday, 
but I'm I'm more excited about some of the other things that are happening than what's exactly going to happen on Sunday night. Yeah, I have faith that the show's going to be pretty good. But like I said, and, and I know we're we're kind of throwing this out there, we don't really know what the main event truly should be. Yep. We have an idea of what it could be, but I think there's a couple of options on the table. Uh, the card has various kinds of builds, more hot than others, for obviously different reasons. Some stuff's going to be undercard stuff. But like you said, there, I think there's that WrestleMania feel where, okay, this is the second biggest show of the year, I think, to the company. Some of us might say that's Royal Rumble, but I think the company treats this as the second biggest weekend of their year. Uh, and they want to say that the event is what sells the people. The place is sold out. I think a Canadian crowd is always a rabid, fun crowd. For the second biggest event of the year, I think they'll be on it. I think TakeOver will get us off to a hot start on Saturday. I know, you know, superstars and the company's been in town all week. A lot of promotion going on. You obviously have local talent like a Trish Stratus. You have a Canadian like Natalia, like Kevin Owens on the card. So there's some extra buzz with that. But I feel like it's the buzz of the event more so than the actual matches. Well, let's talk about the buzz because you mentioned buzz. Was there a... Matt, let me ask you, what is there a, a lot of buzz about in general when it comes to pro wrestling? I don't think the WWE is that buzzworthy term right now. And this is not a knock on the WWE, but so much has been going on with AEW, and they're kind of like the cool kids. And I think there's a lot of buzz when it comes to that company, what's happening at the end of the month with what they're doing, right. that I think we kind of overlooked SummerSlam in a way. Well, you know what? I, here's what I think AW has going for their favorite. They don't have anything going to the end of the month. They don't have weekly television. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's going to change, Dave. I still think, and I know Bully's talked about this, that they're in their honeymoon stage and everything's going well and people are excited. They've given reason for people to be excited. Um, yes, they've had some missteps along the way. They've done a lot of good things, but what do we get from them? We get being the elite for 12 minutes every week. We get uh, the road to shows, which are 10 minutes every week, and that's it. They're giving us 20 22, 25, maybe 30 minutes of content a week where WWE's putting out three on Monday, two on Tuesday. There's a lot more to break down, to analyze, to criticize. Um, you could say that's too much wrestling. We throw an hour of NXT in, and then obviously you got a big pay-per-view this weekend. So AEW's in a spot where they can kind of stick and move, right? They can kind of put their stuff out there. All right, we'll be back in a week. Uh, uh, we got this at the end of the month. It's going to be a much different story come October, and I hope that buzz is there. I feel like the buzz for WWE, Dave, is, is what's going on behind the scenes more than anything right now. Yeah, and you just mentioned October. Now, whether it's AEW, the WWE, or now even the NWA that's thrown their hat into the fall when it comes to the wrestling landscape, I think that kind of, like in your terms, because you do fantasy sports, like the NFL season, we all know starts in September. Right. It kind of feels like the pro wrestling season is now going to start in October because of all the new TV shows and the changes, even with the WWE, with them moving the Fox, some reports about FS1 that we're going to get into later. I think that feels like it's going to be the start of the season come October. A season premiere, and I know WWE has used that in the past to yeah. you know, push a Raw. Okay, it's the season premiere of Raw, and maybe they load up a big match, but I'm with you. I, I think that summertime can be somewhat of a downtime, and this is kind of part one into the start of the season. 
Uh, SummerSlam kind of leads you now into the fall. Survivor Series starts to plant some seeds maybe for WrestleMania season. But now with AEW coming up, you know, is there a move with NXT going on? Is that a possibility? You got New Japan coming over to America. Looks like they're going to have three sold-out shows there. There's a lot of good things buzzworthy if you're a wrestling fan out there. I say that all the time. Let the wrestling companies fight over you. You don't fight over the wrestling companies. Um, but I, And I do think that... When AEW is, is in full force, you know, they're going to get criticized more and we're going to have more things to break down with them. And they're going to have to figure out their way. WWE has been doing this forever. They've been running a, an episodic television show since 1993 and know what comes with that. And they've, they've obviously blown that out to much more than just one hour a week, whereas AEW's got two hours a week. And are they going to add more to that? What's their YouTube going to look like? There'll be a lot more for us to sink our teeth into when we get to October. But that that season, I think you're right, is really what's going to get the buzz going. And all of a sudden, we're going to be in it. And there's going to be, Dave, no days off from professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean, we already know there's no off season. But like I said yesterday, you know, we started this show one hour, one day a week. And my boss, Steve Cohen, was wondering how we're going to fill that one hour. And now we're doing five days, three hours. And it almost feels like that's not enough because the landscape has changed so much over the last decade, especially with these new shows. And you just mentioned it, too, and I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. You know, we're near the end of the G1 Climax 29 tournament that's going on, and that's been exciting. That's been on Access TV every Saturday, and that's something else to talk about and to get into, and it's been a buzz during this season as well that's kind of deterred you a little bit from what's going on with the WWE. It's tough. You know, it's tough to keep up on that. I understand, and you watch on Access on Fridays. You're watching on New Japan World, and Look, there's been times in the past where I've gotten up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm watching yep. live, and I'm going to try and do that for the finals. But you try to catch up. You try to avoid the spoilers. And to New Japan's credit, they've improved their social media tenfold in the last six months, and their uh, global account makes a point to not put spoilers up. You still got to you know, duck and dive your way through Twitter to, to avoid them. But they're booking right now one of their best G1 tournaments whether it's from an in-ring standpoint, I think you always expect, Dave, them to have probably the best bell-to-bell action on the most consistent basis. But from a story standpoint, if you ever had a question about New Japan and, oh, it's too many big bumps and it's too much flipping stuff. and the, Right now, from a story standpoint, the way this tournament has been booked has taken so many twists and turns and it's been tough to figure out who's going to win. The best thing about pro wrestling, Dave, is when it's unpredictable in a good way. That's what this tournament has been. There's been multiple leaders. Is Okada going to win as the champion for the first time? Is John Moxley going to finish off a hot run that's kind of coming to a cold streak? Does Jay White find his way back in? Is it final, finally Naito's crowning achievement? It can go a lot of ways. And, oh, by the way, the one favorite, maybe more than anybody, Abushi, can still win the whole thing if he can get by Okada first. So they have a lot of different ways they can go. Um, so if you haven't checked out the tournament, it's a bear. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a responsibility, Dave. You think it's fair to call something like that with so many matches there are every day? Yeah, I think so too. It's it's something that, listen, I know it's difficult for us. Like you said, if you want to watch it live, you're going to have to get up pretty early in the morning. But I think Access TV has done a tremendous yeah. job of recapping it. 
in during the weekend and showing some of the better matches. And like on Saturday, you know, it's it's taking place that morning and the quick turnaround for Saturday night. If you remember, sometimes you had to wait three, four weeks to be able to see oh, those yeah. matches on Access. They're doing a tremendous job turning that around. I think that's a good job by New Japan, and I think you know uh, having their actual commentary team of Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero for the most part, Chris Charlton on the shows and not a knock on JR at all. It's just for the betterment of the show for the product, especially now where you don't want to have too many spoilers to avoid. And if it's only a couple days to turn it around, that's great. You know, they've been putting the big shows on as quickly as possible. Um, whether it be this, whether it be wrestle kingdom, I think that's better for the product because there is so much of it out there. You'd like to get as much as you can. And I'll say this, not every match is great. There's a lot of guys that have shown up, I've taken a big step forward in this tournament. I think Lance Archer is yes. a breakout star. Yep. And by the way, if you're an independent wrestling promoter out there and you don't have this guy on your show after the run that he has had, you are missing out on a bona fide star. Uh, he should be on TV somewhere all the time. Always a big fan of him. To his credit, he reinvented himself in this tournament, and he has matched what he's needed to do with some of the best wrestlers in the world. If you're not, I know we had him on the show here recently. Um, this is a guy that should be working everywhere in America every single weekend. He should be on someone's television if New Japan will allow it because it's a bona fide superstar who's working his ass off and is proving himself in the most difficult tournament and tour in the world. Yeah, a breakout performance. And he's in his 40s. That's telling you something. And it's never too late, and I think he's proven that. And then when you look at this weekend, Ring of Honor tonight, NXT tomorrow night, and, of course, SummerSlam on Sunday. And we talked about not a lot of buzz, not a lot of juice to SummerSlam, but on paper, if you look match to match, it should be a damn good card come Sunday. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. You heard from Seth Rollins. Not a good night for Seth Rollins on Monday. I don't for- think they're doing Seth any favors, Dave. I, yeah. I don't put this on Seth. Um... They've tried to make Seth super white meat baby face good guy. I don't think that's Seth Rollins. I, I, I don't, you know, when he was going around with the chair and defending himself and I'm going to take people out, that's what he should be. I'm not saying he should be a complete vigilante and not have friends because they've shown him have friends. But, like, he's gone in this other direction where just because he's the face of the company, I don't think he has to be like, I'm in it with you guys. You're behind me. Like, they can be behind you. You don't have to talk about it all the time. It's just knocking us over the head with it. And then I think you look like an idiot this week on Raw. You got the crap kicked out of him. I I get it. You want him to have sympathy. But then he got in there six days before he's trying to get his title back against a 100% Brock Lesnar, and he got whooped again. Yeah. So now what do you do on Sunday? Because if Brock loses to, what, 40% Seth Rollins, that makes Brock look like crap, unless it all of a sudden becomes a no-DQ match. And then if Brock beats Seth, I feel like it should happen in 90 seconds. Is, would it be better, Dave, for Seth to have sold a beatdown for multiple weeks, and then we don't know what level he would be coming back at at SummerSlam? I just think you should not, not have him on TV at all at this, pe- yeah, this past Yeah, sell Monday. the beatdown. Like, he got beat down. He actually got some sympathy from the crowd. I thought you were in a good place with Seth Rollins. You just repeated what you did the week before, 
and then sticking a microphone in his hand while he's laying flat oh. on his back didn't do him any favors. And as you heard from that clip that Gabby played, he's getting what chance? Is that what you really want from a guy that's going up against your universal champion? Six days before the show. And, and, and Matt, here's the question. What probably should be your main event on Sunday? It should be. It's your universal championship. That's the big title to the WWE. I, to me, this does not have main event written on it at all. No, and it should. And now I'm wondering, like, what do you do? Because what kind of match are they going to have? Are they going to have the – is the idea, Dave, to have the match that Brock Lesnar had with Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series where he beat the living hell out of Daniel Bryan, but it was only in that match? It was encapsulated in that match. And then Daniel Bryan had the big comeback. Can you even sell that to the people to have that kind of a match with how badly he has been destroyed over the last two weeks? I don't think you can. I I get it. He's in ridiculous shape. CrossFit Jesus, all that stuff. He's resilient. You're trying to build that up. But not when the beatdowns have been as bad as they are coming from the guy that you promote correctly as, like, the scariest guy out there, as the beast. It doesn't feel believable to me for Seth Rollins to beat Brock Lesnar on Sunday. And here's where he's kind of painted himself into a corner when you look at Seth Rollins. On Monday, he guaranteed victory. Like, and Bullia said this, you can't have your baby face out there with a microphone in his hand guaranteeing victory and then them replaying it later in the show and then replaying that guarantee on SmackDown. He guarantees victory. There is no way on God's green earth that he can come out a victor in this match. Is he going to get a flash pin? That's all I can think of. Like, he, he, he steals three seconds somehow. Something. A backslide. A small package. Like, that's all I can think of. But you kind of did that at WrestleMania 35. He whooped them, though, at five. He hit his finishers multiple times at 35. But it was like a quick match. It It was. It took Brock by surprise. I don't know if you can go down that route. And then, so then you're going to have Brock lose to Seth twice? Right. Oh, no. I think they're in a tough spot right now. And, you know, if, if Seth Rollins loses this match on Sunday, which I think he should, and I think he will... You're going to have to revamp this character now. It can't On Monday, you can't have the same Seth Rollins that we've seen over the last couple of months. He's got to lose his mind. Yeah. He has to lose it. He has to maybe go somewhere darker. You know, do you send him away? Do you say, like, I got to go away? And do you show, you know, what his training becomes, what he's got to do? I would show him watching old matches of the Shield. I would show him watching him in the authority. Do I have to find some of that? By the way, there's some nice plugs for the network. Oh, people go back and watch yeah. that. Go find yourself. What am I? Show him watching himself on the indie scene. The indie scene that he almost forgot where he came from when he was talking about Will Ospreay a couple of months ago. Show him going to find himself. Do I have to go somewhere I haven't been in a while to beat this guy? And that's the other thing, too. He's kind of been the voice of the WWE on social media the last few months as well. Like you mentioned that back and forth with Will Ospreay. He's been doing interviews saying that, you know, nothing is competition. This is a great place. I mean, he's showing a different side to his personality that the fans have never seen before. They're kind of presenting him as like, 
here's the guy. This is the next face of the show. But, man, the fans aren't treating him this way. And when you hear what chance when he's making that big baby face promo on Monday Night Raw, they better make the right decision come Sunday. Yeah, and I don't know what that right decision is. I I would have Brock beat him. I'd have Brock beat him quickly, and then I would send him away and let him go find himself. I think that's the best way to do it. I think it's been a perfect storm, Dave. I think the booking has not been great for him. Uh, I don't think they've made him look very good. They don't. He doesn't come across as a sympathetic underdog babyface if that's what they're going for. I think some of the stuff that he has said hasn't been the best. And by the way, he has admitted to such. I'm not gonna. This is not a knock on Rollins. He has said, you know what? I I regret what I said and I apologize. And they're cool when Will sold some T-shirts and all that. That's fine. But I think all of it coming together, it's been the perfect storm, and it's hurt him because there is a presence that they promote on social media. Uh, they've gotten away from the Becky stuff which is kind of weird that they got away from it as he was getting the crap kicked out of him. She's barely shown yep. any emotion. So, like, what is it? Are they together and we're acknowledging that on TV? Okay, fine. You've, you've established that already. If you're establishing that they're together in real life and in the show, and that's canon now, now she doesn't care about him? Because that's what it comes off as. It's it's you know that there's certain people, Matt, and I'm sure even our busted open nation has come across people like this that don't know how to read a room. They walk into the room and you can kind of just feel the vibe from a crowd of people in a room. The WWE, when it comes to Seth Rollins, they don't know how to read the room, but they had it. They, they had, had it, but they lost the chair. It. They had it. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with Brock Lesnar winning the money in the bank. Because it was the big, bad monster in the closet that could come out at any time. And I think that was a nice thing to do for a guy who's not on TV that often. And you could have ignored it and not brought it up. And what did, he, did he cash it in within a month, a month and a half? Yeah, quick. There was that level of just uncertainty for Kofi, for Seth, if there was a title change. And I like that. And you could have had Seth. You know, is that something that makes him stronger? I got to worry about not only the opponent I have in the ring, I got to worry about Brock Lesnar at all times. And they built that, and they literally cashed in on it too quickly. There was a way to drag that out where they could have, here and there, had Heyman show up, appear here, whatever. Always keeping that in mind. Not hitting you over the head. Not Heyman coming out every single week. He could show up this weekend, he could show up tomorrow. He could show up in Saudi Arabia. He could show up at this. You could have just hinted at it here and there. And then maybe when it's almost out of everybody's mind, then you do it. But they just cashed that chip in so quickly, and I think it cut the legs out from Seth Rollins. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. I thought they've done a really good job, Matt, how they've built up Natalia over the last few weeks to really look at her as a contender that could dethrone Becky Lynch on Sunday. It, it's something that you'll see happen um, when they kind of got to do it quickly. I, I wish it happened more over time. You know, I always thought New Japan did a good job. If you watch those undercard tag matches, if someone's getting a lot of pinfalls, there's a reason for that. You know, they, oh, well, actually, they were winning for a while. 
they tried to heat her up in a short period of time. To their credit, I think they've done so. I like the edge, you know, with what they did on SmackDown, with what they did, uh, as you heard there, at the Sharpshooter. And what's tough about this, here's why I don't make this the main event. If it was Natty Dave as the home country hero, right? We, we know Canada gets behind their wrestlers. Mm-hmm. They get behind their sports teams. The Raptors had the whole country behind them. This is what they do. If it was Natty against a heel, I would say we might have some. If this was like Natty and, let's say, Charlotte, and Charlotte was 100% the heel, and Natty had built her up, and could she win in her hometown, I might say that works. But what I'm wondering, similar to Bailey and Ember, is Becky just so big right now and over that it's going to be a split crowd that maybe isn't the most boisterous cloud, crowd because they like Becky so much. And because Natty hasn't really, Dave, I hate to say it, she hasn't been a big deal for a, a long time. She's been a second banana route for, to Ronda. She's been in the background when... Uh, Becky's gotten hot and Charlotte and, and, and she, you know, she's kind of the, been an afterthought at times with, the, you know, the four horsewomen with with Bailey and Sasha. So they've done a good job heating her up. I just don't know if the crowd's going to be at that fever pitch that you'd like them to be at for a main event uh, for her in her hometown because of that. And because, Dave, I think there's still going to be a lot of people in Canada that are Canadian that love Becky Lynch. Yeah, and, and I think that this crowd's going to be split on Sunday. I think you're right. Listen, we've seen it before. Canada, whether it's Toronto, Montreal, they get behind their wrestlers. But Becky Lynch is the hottest wrestler in the company right now. Right. So I, I would expect that this is going to be split in Toronto. Though I do believe, and I know you feel differently, I do believe that this should be the main event. Becky, Becky Lynch is the hottest wrestler going right now. You have Natalia from Canada. Big story there. There is a story between these two, and it does kind of backhandedly involve Ronda Rousey. That's the reason Becky is so upset at Natalia. So I think for those reasons, it should be the main event. Then Ronda's got to appear. If, if, if Ronda is that much part of this story and you want to make it the main event, then... If she appears in the main event, then I think it will, it will add to that idea. Because otherwise, and, and I like the idea of it being a surprise. I'm not saying you should promote that, but I think if it's truly the main event, then something big has got to happen. Because how are they going off the air, Dave? Then what's the deal? If no Ronda, and that's the main event, is Natty beating Becky Lynch in the main event of SummerSlam or vice versa? Because if Becky wins in Toronto, I think she gets a good reaction, but not the massive reaction you want going off the air. And like I said, I don't think Natty's at the level that they would need her to be at to also be like, oh my goodness, she won in her home country. This crowd's going nuts. There would be people pissed off in that audience that Becky lost. So unless Ronda's making an appearance and there's a buzz about that, and Natty wins for that reason, and we come out of the show going, Ronda Rousey just cost Becky Lynch the Raw Women's Championship. What's going to happen next? See you tomorrow night here in Toronto on Monday Night Raw. That's how you go off the show with a main event level buzz. But if Ronda's not involved, I don't see it ending the show. Well, I'm going to set you up here before we get back to the phone calls on a Falls Count Anywhere Friday, Matt, is that you mentioned it, and we talked about it. Brock and Seth doesn't feel like a main event. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Becky and Natalia. I think it should be the main event. You gave a couple of good reasons why you don't think it should be. 
Bailey Ember Moon, obviously that's not going to be the main event. Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton could be, but you you believe Randy Orton is going to come out on top. If that's the case, probably not the best way to end SummerSlam. So I'll ask you, what match do you think should be the main event? On I Sunday? go Owens and Shane. I, I think it's it's been the hottest, uh, bloodiest, whatever you want to call it. It's the most I'm invested in because I know Shane can win. I don't want him to win. But I know he can win. And I think Kevin Owens right now is probably what they would like Seth Rollins to be in terms of getting crowd reaction and organically behind him. He seems very comfortable. I think he's admitted as such. Seth doesn't feel comfortable. Would you agree with that, Dave? It feels like Kevin Owens is as comfortable as he's ever been, at least on the babyface side, in the WWE. And I think he's got a good foil in Shane. And I think... Everything that's happened with Shane, winning the best in the world randomly, beating Miz twice, someone has got to take Shane down. Someone's got to do it. And if you want a Canadian crowd behind someone that they're going to get behind, it's Kevin Owens. So I would have Kevin win, and then not only do you maybe send Shane away for a while, people would be happy that Kevin won, everyone likes him. And then I would think, Dave, that if Kevin Owens wins the main event of SummerSlam, you have a title contender ready to go. We have 10 matches on Sunday, Matt. And probably only three of those 10 matches where you can definitively say that the babyface is going to get cheered by everyone. And one of those matches is Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Yep. And the other is probably Goldberg and Dolph and Trish and Charlotte. Goldberg and Dolph would be three minutes. Yeah. So outside of those three matches, I don't know if you have a definitive baby face in the rest of these matches. Which is why I want the crowd in the best possible situation for the main event. I think Kofi Randy is next because I think they're going to have the best match of the night outside of maybe AJ and Ricochet, but there could be some outside interference. Kofi and Randy's going to stay between those two guys. I don't think New Day's going to be involved uh, to anywhere that it's going to matter because Randy doesn't have any backup, so that wouldn't make a lot of sense. But if you want the crowd completely on one side and you want them in their best possible spot, I think it's Kevin Owens against Shane McMahon in the main event. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. Let's go out to Dan in Long Island. Dan, what did you think is going to be the best match on the SummerSlam card? I was actually going to ask you guys uh, what match uh, will seal the weekend between TakeOver and SummerSlam. But uh, to answer your question, I personally think Kofi and Randy should main event SummerSlam. I just don't think Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens should main event SummerSlam because let's say if Shane McMahon beats Kevin Owens, the fans will just go home with a bad taste in their mouth yep. and everyone will be pissed off. Um, but the match that I think will seal the weekend – I think it will be, obviously, Adam Cole versus Gargano in a two-out-of-three falls match. And if I had to pick a second match, I can steal the weekend, Kofi and Randy Orton. Just want to hear what you guys think. And Matt, never, ever interrupt Dave LaGreca at all, ever again in the opening. I'm a Dave LaGreca guy. I got my T-shirt. Stay away from the opening. So you, you paid for that T-shirt. So, Dave, he put more money in your pocket. Now you can go send him some money for, for, for calling in and making sure you got over it. Listen, Matt, you, you don't want to fight me on this. been hosting this show for 10 years. 
Dan's a loyal fan, obviously. Everybody should have I'm a Dave LaGreca guy or girl t-shirt. It just makes sense. It's a great fashion statement. Uh, GQ magazine said it's the t-shirt of the summer. Um, I'm sure you have one. No, I I, well, they, I like to they, buy original T-shirts. Well, there you go. That's that's the problem. Is there a Matt Camp T-shirt? No, no, of course no, not. No, because nobody would buy. one. No, I, I also would create my own shirt and not take off a Paul Heyman and steal from him again, like you've done many times before. Which I believe he's called you out for that. By the way, I, I, I've seen the interview. Yeah. Well, you know what. Until I get hit with a lawsuit from Paul Heyman, which is very likely based Listen, on his past. Listen, you know where he works now. <laughs> if Jarek McDivitt comes knocking at your door, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> uh, what match do you think is going to be the match? Forget about Sunday. What's the match on Monday that we're going to say stole the week? Here's the thing. I don't think we should be calling Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano stealing the weekend anymore. This is established. I expect that to be the best match of the weekend. A lot weekend. of pressure on those Right, guys. totally. And, and, and we don't know what the third fall is, which they're going to go to the third fall. Man, that would be the ultimate swerve, right? Somebody oh, imagine it. Has there Somebody ever been two? a two out of three falls match where it didn't uh, go to the third? I feel fall? like Cesaro beat Ziggler for the IC title once, like yes, in, in, you're in, absolutely a, in a, right. a two for to open a show. But man, that would be the ultimate. Uh actually, we're not doing the third. No, we're we're, we're not. Um, I don't feel like that's like a stealing, right? Because I feel like stealing is is the surprise, right? It's yeah. not a main event type of match. That's like the main see, event of NXT. I could see William Regal saying, "You know what? I didn't. I legitimately didn't think this was going to go three falls. I didn't come up with it. I got nothing. I got um, nothing. <laughs> we're going to do a Duchess of Queensberry match that went over so well uh, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. If I had to pick something that's going to steal the weekend, um, I would say it's Velotine, Pete Dunne, and Roderick Strong. All right. So now we're t- and we're going to get into a, a lot of NXT over the course of the show as well because that's taking place on Saturday. Is this going to be another weekend where we say NXT beat out the main roster pay per view? Um, you know what? This is a very different NXT card. I don't think we're going to say that. I think Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano have the match of the weekend. I'm in on Dream and Dunn and Roderick Strong, but you have a lot of new faces on the NXT card in terms of being on a, on a pay-per-view. Street Profits finally won the titles, but in a ladder match. They yeah. go against one of the best tag teams in the world in O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um, Mia Yim getting her first big chance. Is she going to be the one that finally topples Shayna Baszler? I don't know. And then Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, I, I think we know Io's going to win that. You'll have the plucky underdog baby face in Candice LeRae. I don't know if it's a show-stealing kind of card for NXT from top to bottom. Not saying that it's bad, but I don't know if it's going to be that ridiculous high match quality because I don't know if the stories that are being told in these matches require that ridiculous bell-to-bell, four- five-star kind of match. It's very hard for me, Matt, to bet against NXT because sure. I've done it before. Because we've been down this road before, where it's like, all right, they've lost a lot of they've lost a lot of wrestlers to the main roster, and like you just said, there's a lot of new faces. And going in, I have my doubts about some of the matches, and then coming out, I'm like, that's the best NXT takeover I've ever seen. I don't it feels like I say that almost all the time. That was yeah, the best NXT takeover which is which is seen. look, that's what you want, right? You yeah. want that established. I'm sure Triple H loves to have that as the standard as we are going to put on the best two and a half hours anyone will put on for the next two and a half months. That's the standard that they have set. Uh, That's a tip of the cap to him, to the staff, to the wrestlers there. I love that they have that to fight for. Like you said, it feels like everyone, man, that might, was that the best one? That's what these men and women go into every show thinking. 
I don't think SummerSlam is is a bad show. I just wonder, Dave, are there more chances for SummerSlam to be memorable versus TakeOver? Yeah, I think you might get that moment. Now, whether it's Ronda Rousey, is it something possibly with Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor? I think there could be a moment on Sunday that we remember 10 or 15 years down the road, maybe even more. When it comes to NXT, NXT does it on such a regular basis that a lot of these NXT TakeOvers get overlooked because... Three months later, they outdid themselves from the last one. So to answer your question, I think, yes, I think Sunday's show may be more memorable than what we see on Saturday. And that's that's not a bad thing. I I think it's good that we're even having this conversation because I think a lot of the times it's been automatically, it'll be takeover. And that's okay. That's okay they've set that standard, but I I think there's a lot of good on both shows. I wonder if this is the most storytelling-driven takeover that maybe we'll ever see because of how deep the stories have gone, which is a credit to that uh, that brand that, yeah, we expect the good matches, but they've told some really good stories here, and it might be more about the stories that are being told than the quality of the matches. Agreed. Let's go out to Wes in Florida. Wes, what did you want to say about SummerSlam? Hey, Dave. How's it going today? What's up, Wes? All right, so I'm nervous, Dave. Why are you nervous? Um, WWE has my hopes up right now with this with these storylines, especially the Roman Reigns storyline. I really hope that we don't find out at SummerSlam who is attacking Roman Reigns. I, I hope we don't. I have a feeling we might, but I hope we don't. But this is why I'm nervous, Dave. Time and time again, WWE gets our hopes up with these great storylines. And then nine times out of ten, they end in ways that are a complete letdown. Instant example, the whole Kurt Angle, big secret thing, illegitimate child ends up being Jason. Like, that was so stupid. But it had my hopes up that there was something interesting at the end of that bridge. Instead of a pot of gold, it was a pot of crap. And I'm really afraid that we're going to get that with this Roman Reigns storyline, and I hope it doesn't end at SummerSlam. I'm excited for SummerSlam. I'm excited to see more of what's going to happen with the uh, women's title as well as Owens and Shane, but I I hate to use this analogy, Dave, but WWE's disappointment to me, and this is the best analogy I have, I apologize, it's a lot like herpes. As soon as you think it's gone, they come back with it. And I really hope that we are not let down this this coming Sunday at SummerSlam and this Roman Reigns storyline continues on beyond that into Monday. A couple of things. And Wes, let me introduce you to my friend Matt. Matt? Wes, Wes, Matt. Hello, oh, Matt. sorry. Am I still here? I wasn't sure. I was let down by Wes's phone call for just talking directly to Dave the whole time. That's okay. Listen. No, it's okay. It's okay. I understand. Matt, you're a visitor. Okay? <laughs> All right? So, so I'm ex- like the herpes, Dave. I just come no, back when no. you least expect just it. Just don't expect like everyone's going to know who you are. Okay, fair okay? enough. I got you. All right? That's why I introduced you. I got the Dave LaGreca rub for the next two hours. <laughs> and, Wes, to answer your question, it's a good one. And, and, Matt, I want to get you involved in the yeah. conversation. Thank you. Because with Roman Reigns, obviously that's the big story coming out of this week. Roman not on the card. Could Daniel Bryan be behind the attacks? Well, Daniel Bryan's not on the card. Rowan, we, we know, was involved. He's not on the card. Samoa Joe, even though there was an apology issued, he might be behind it. 
He's not on the card. It's funny that the biggest story coming out of this week, all the players involved, not on the SummerSlam. Close SmackDown. Close the last main yep. roster show of the week was that angle. And there's no indication. Like, there's not even an announcement, David. Maybe this will come today. There's a segment they'll say, you know, Roman Reigns will address the, his, the, the story in an interview, in, in a pre-show thing, something. But forget the fact that it's a story. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan are not wrestling on SummerSlam. No. They, they don't have a match. Samoa Joe does not have a match. That's baffling to me. Now, to go back to Wes's phone call, and Wes, thanks so much for the phone call and enjoy Sunday. Um... I don't want the answer to that story happening Agree. at SummerSlam because it just doesn't fit, and it's something that's so good. This should play out. I'm just – I find it weird that they decided to do this and start it two weeks before SummerSlam, and it doesn't involve your second biggest pay-per-view of the year. It can't end. That can't, the answer cannot be Rowan. I don't even want it to be Daniel Bryan. I want this to be a whodunit. I want it to take time. You know, Bruce Pritchard told the story of how they did the thing with Austin, right? They had to write him off. They ran him over with a car. Yep. And then he was gone, and they didn't have an answer. They didn't have the end. They didn't work backwards. JR always talks about working backwards. Yeah. What's the finish? Where are we trying to get to? Let's work back. I hope they know what this answer is. And I don't know if it's a debuting star from NXT. Is it somebody new? Is it a, you know, I, I always feel like this sets up well, Dave, to be a baby face that's out of nowhere and makes a big turn. Whether it's jealousy or Rowan did something, uh, or Ro, uh, Rowan, uh, it, was it him doing something on Roman? What, did Roman do something to this person? Uh, something we're forgetting. Speaking of Stone Cold getting run over, who was at Raw reunion just a couple of weeks ago? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Who ran Stone Cold Steve Austin over? Rikishi. He was there. He did it for The Rock. What did he do to Roman? Was it Rikishi? Is it Rikishi, Dave? Are we overlooking the fact that the man who took out Stone Cold Steve Austin could be the one who took out Roman Reigns? Well, we did have that Samoan Summit a couple weeks Thank ago. Thank you very that, much. That went awry. Could it be Afa and Sika, the wild Samoans? Is The Rock mad that Roman made him look bad at, at Royal Rumble a couple of years ago in Philly? So Rikishi... Did it for The Rock once again. And who knows? Maybe this is setting up The Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 36. Did we just book something a hell of a lot better? It's better than anything we're going to see on Sunday. I'm ready for (laughs) Rowan and The Rock because Rikishi tried to take him out. Rikishi doing it for The Rock again. All right. So let me ask you, who was The Rock's final opponent in his last match before his quiet retirement? Eric Rowan. There you go. We just won. Look what we just did, Matt. Look at what we just did. People so forget. Eric Rowan getting framed by The Rock. Yes. Even though it was Rikishi who took out Roman because Rock was mad that he got booed in Philly at the Rumble to set up Roman and The Rock at WrestleMania next year. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. I'm um, seeing a different side of you, Matt. Are you like <laughs> Are you like this when you're hosting with Bully or Mark? Uh, no, not at all. No, no, no. Bully, uh, you know, I, I pick my spots. You okay. know, I, I feel like I can pick my spots a little differently. I was asked recently on something I went to. You know, how do you deal with different hosts and people you work with? I said sometimes you got to turn it up if they don't turn it up as much. Sometimes you turn it down if they're doing more. 
you got to work to your different host. That's I get part it. of the professional. See, you have to. I will give you credit. You have to deal with this every week. You're dealing with at least two co-hosts yes. every week, and you adjust, right? No, I'm I'm basically the same person. That's true. Every single That's right. Show. Yeah, I try not to change because you know, I I find that you want to be yourself. Don't try to be somebody different, Matt. But hey, you being fake has worked for you. For 10 years here on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. And wh- That's where I've been in two years here on Busted Open. And, le- and, and Matt, where could our fans listen to you? Wow. Two hours and 20 XM. minutes later, I get to plug where I actually come from uh, during the weekends. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, 3 to 5 Eastern, Sirius 210 XM 87 Fantasy Sports Radio. A good show to pick up on demand as well. And uh, we're going to Canton, Ohio next week, Dave. Whoa. You know what's there. Nothing like going to Canton, Ohio a week after. Two weeks the Hall after. Of, I'm sorry, two, weeks, two after. weeks after the Hall of Fame. We're doing uh, drafts from Canton, oh. Ohio, and we do them right next to the bust room. Oh, that, oh that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, we did them last year, so we do drafts, and people learn. We did. I was... I was uh, 12 feet from where you are right now over last weekend Mm -hmm. because we did three more drafts there uh, because people like to listen to those and learn. So I just host them and guide people around. Uh, Actually, I and I've I've been lucky enough to work at the Hall of Fame uh, for a few of their ceremonies. There's nothing like uh, Canton, Ohio in that pro football Hall of Fame. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's the city. Yeah. It's, it, there's a stadium that just pops out of nowhere, and then walking through the building is really cool, and we get to do it right next to the bus room. So it's, it's a cool atmosphere to be in. So people can listen, or if you're in the area, come check us out. All right. So if you want to hear more, Matt Kemp, who do you do the show with, Matt? Joe Dolan is my typical co-host. I've been with him for uh, we're in our 10th season now, uh, 10 years on Sirius X, or we nine, nine years on the Fantasy Channel. So it's typically him and I. Um, but I was all over the place this week. I worked with a couple different guys. So, uh, but that's that's who I usually work with. Our our big show, Dave, is on Sundays during the season. We do the game day show. As I explain it to people, it's basically red zone, mm-hmm. but on the radio. Okay. With fantasy stats, and we do all right, interviews with players. Matt, thank all right, you. cool. Well, I tried. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> when <laughs> I mentioned about who else could possibly be behind what took place with Roman Reigns, and this particular person we're going to see on Sunday. Is there any way it could be Bray Wyatt? I was wondering if that's where you were going. You know when I thought it could be Bray Wyatt? You remember when, who was it? Was it Sammy who was hung upside down backstage? Yes. And I went, thinking of what Bully was saying, right? Creating that just, just, just causing trouble and, and, and creating madness. And not, I thought that was the start of something they were doing with Bray. Where it would be, oh, well, somebody else is feuding with Sammy, so it's got to be that person. I think that would be interesting. Because it would make sense, but we're so conditioned, right? If you're in a feud with this person or this tag team, that's all you're doing. And that's it. You know, the reason that we don't see people to come out and help Seth Rollins is because they're busy doing other things. Would that be something that would play into the madness of the Firefly Funhouse? That while he is feuding with with, with Finn Balor, he is creating havoc elsewhere in the company. I would love it, and I think it would be great. And then, you know, I think this Finn Balor story kind of ends on Sunday. Which is okay. Which is fine. And here's the thing. A lot of people are saying, well, wait a second. Do you really want to put Bray Wyatt with Roman Reigns? Because Roman's just going to beat Bray Wyatt. Uh... But I don't know if that's the case anymore, number one. And number two, he's already had Eric Rowan do his dirty work. So maybe the next series of matches isn't Bray and Roman, but Rowan and Roman. Uh, What if they take their time on this? 
I think the best idea, if you're going to make it Bray Wyatt, I think the best idea for whatever. How about you reveal this, Joe? Uh, see, I say co-host now. What if you reveal this, Dave, on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox? That's when the big reveal happens, and it is Bray. And that's months down the road. I think that's what this should be. Let Roman think he figured it out and think it is Rowan. And then, you know what? For a couple of weeks, nothing happens. And then something happens again. And it's, wait a minute, I already took him out. Maybe then he goes after Daniel Bryan and thinks it's him. Takes him out. Stuff happens again. Yeah. And now we're into September. We're into October. And then it ends up being Bray. I think the best way to do that, if it is Bray, is you take your time with this and realize he is even more dangerous than we could have imagined. Are you surprised that they started this storyline just a couple of weeks before the second biggest pay-per-view of the year? Knowing how the company currently operates? No. Okay. No. I like the idea. I mean, it's got to start at some time, right? Yeah. And if you're not good, if it's not peaking this weekend, then maybe it's not a bad time because it is a hot time. In the, this is when people would check back in, right? SummerSlam time. Usually. Royal yep. Rumble time. WrestleMania time. Maybe they go, hey, we're going to start this now. Maybe it'll keep people hooked, and we lead it into October. So I don't have a problem with the starting time as it relates to SummerSlam because I hope and I think it's just the beginning of this. Let's go out to Hank in Chicago. Hank, what did you want to say about SummerSlam? What's going on, guys? Uh, got a few points here. I'll try to hit quickly. Um, you know, you're talking about the main event. I definitely think how everything's been constructed and what's been important. I think it'd be smart if uh, they did went the WrestleMania route, opened with uh, Brock and Seth. I believe it was WrestleMania. Yep. Kind of kind of get that out of the way. And I really do think that Natty and Becky, uh, you know, would be a great closer, especially, you know, if Trish somehow, not Trish, uh, pardon me, Rhonda somehow distracted Becky, you know, uh, not enough to where, you know, you give her all the credit because, you know, Natty deserves her shine. Um, you know, I tweeted out a while ago, um, Bully mentioned, you know, it's, it's, there's just a lot going on two days before the passing uh, of her father's one-year anniversary. So, I, you know, we use the word deserves a lot. Natty definitely deserves a spot in her hometown. I think it would be a wild card uh, crowd, shall I say. And uh, last thing, Dave, I have a question for you. Uh, how's your back feeling? Oh, uh, it's really my shoulders that are bothering me, not my back. Okay, because, you know, you are just hosting, hoisting, you know, all of Fight Nation on your back. This whole channel. Oh, the whole channel. The whole channel. Okay, I'm oh, okay, okay with that. All right. You, I thought you were I making, said the same. Okay. I thought you were making a, a slight remark against uh, Matt Camp. Oh, no. Make no mistakes about it. I am definitely in Camp La Greca in this one. Okay. Okay. So it's a team there. And I, and I, I do have to say, Hank, and Hank, thanks for the compliment and the phone call. I, I We have a strong... We have there, a strong schedule of programming here on Fight Nation. Never going to take a, a shot at Luke Thomas. Um, I would never take a shot at Luke Thomas or any of the other fine programming that we have here on Fight Nation. Like um, Luke Thomas. Big fan of Luke Thomas's show. And there's the boxing show that I love too. MMA Tonight. Misha Tate does a wonderful job. Randy Gordon and Jerry Cooney do a good job. It took me a while to remember who they were. But they do a good job, Matt. Matt, you're keeping very, very quiet. I'm letting you dig this whole day. You're doing <laughs> no. a real good job of who? Oh, okay, gotcha. 
they do they, a good job. Uh, hey, I said, I said, you're being protected by Marissa. She wanted to let you down uh, nicely that, that you're not on my show tomorrow because there was a lack of interest. You said it was a lack of interest at our end. Take that for what you will. But you're going to Toronto for a reason. Toronto. Toronto. This weekend. You're going there for a reason. Speaking of lifting up on your shoulders, I mean, I think Mark Henry's going to carry everybody on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Listen, he carries me. I will say that. But that's, I mean, he's, he's the, the world's, world's strongest, strongest man. co-host, yeah, yeah. man, whatever. He will carry you. And that's okay. And that's okay. He'll carry you right over the threshold into the uh, Air Canada Center. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.